worship. Worship is back. Fantastic. Praise Jesus. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you and we're going to dive in. I bless you in the name of Jesus that you would know Jesus more wonderfully, more incredibly today. I bless you that you'd be healed if you need healing. I bless you that you'd receive God's guidance right now if you need God's guidance. I, I, I bless you to receive God's help if you need God's help in your life. I bless you to flourish and prevail in whatever challenges you're experiencing right now in your life. And I bless you, whatever your circumstances, that you would feel peace. That, that you would feel love. That you would feel joy. That you would feel hope. I bless you with this in the name of Jesus. May it be. Amen. Amen. All right. We, if, if you're new here visiting, we desperately want God to intervene in your life. We want God to help you. We want God to hear your prayers and answer them, not just some, but all. And not just sometime, but now. We want God's intervention in your life. This whole study that we are wrapping up today, it, it comes from knowing in a very real way that the disappointments and challenges of delay, long delayed and unanswered prayer. And the heartache that can be behind that and the struggles that can be behind that. And we want you to experience God's, God's quick answered prayer in your life. When it comes to unanswered prayer in my life, and when, it's not, when things aren't happening, I run through a quick checklist, kind of connected to our series. First of all, I, I ask myself, am I praying a good prayer? Am I praying a good structured prayer? Or am I just jumping to my prayer request? Am I saying, God, you are, am I praising God? Am I thanking God and bringing my request and answering the question, why should God answer these prayers? Am I praying kind of like the Lord's Prayer or like all the great prayers of the Bible? Like, how am I doing in my praying for my request? And then I ask myself, am, am I praying in alignment with God's will? Is, is this request of mine trying to lift things, lift things more towards God's ideal? Okay? If it's not clear, if, if it, sometimes, some situations aren't quite as, you know, should I make this decision or that decision? It's not quite as simple. Have I heard anything from God on this? Or do I think that I've heard anything from God on this situation? Is there any assessment that I have on what, where God might be leaning or leading me in this particular moment? Then after that, I'm going to ask him, how is my faith in expectation level? Is my faith extraordinarily high that God is going to answer my prayer request? Like, is there, a, is there an inner uh, sense of just, yes, God hears me and is going to answer? Or is my faith pretty low? Okay? But, it, but if my faith is high, if I got a sense that this is what God's will is, if I'm praying a decently structured prayer, then I'm getting to the question, okay, why is it stuck? Why am I not receiving this answered prayer if it's within God's will and my faith is high in the structure? Okay, what is holding it up? What is the spiritual battle going on that's, that's delaying and limiting and blocking me from receiving the full answer to the prayers that I've, I've asked? And so we've been talking about that scenario for the last couple weeks. How, if, if it's within God's will and God's answering the prayer, how do we get our prayers unstuck? I'm thinking of Daniel chapter 10 and we've talked a lot about that. How do we get our prayers unstuck? And we talked about Ephesians chapter 6, about the spiritual realities going, going on. How do we, how do we swing the, the, the battle uh, that, where the enemy is opposed to us receiving the answer to our prayers? How do we swing that battle into our favor so that we can get things unstuck and, and receive what we've asked for in prayer? Um, I put up a couple drawings last week. Here's some of the 
least awful, which is saying a lot, right? <laughs> um, this is what we were, this is kind of what we're talking about. How, how do we get God either to send reinforcements so that the enemy can no longer keep delaying our, an, un, our unanswered prayers, or how can he shift the environment that we are in or the, the, um, the battle that we're in so that the enemy doesn't stand a chance? It cannot keep slowing down our answer to prayer. And these drawings were one is if God's just dr answering directly to you. And the other one is if, if God is going to send someone to bring answer to, to your prayers. So we, we talked about that. And then in part one last week, we started talking about the different things. We talked about how persevering in prayer is important if you want to see more reinforcements come to see your prayers unstuck, your answers unstuck. Um, we, we talked about stop agreeing with delay. Stop being passive with your, your current realities. If God is okay answering your prayers, stop being passive and start battling for those answered prayers. We talked about putting on the full armor of God, Ephesians chapter 6, and how things like praying while you're standing in truth, truth about what God thinks about you, righteousness, living obedient life, and the, and the place of obedience and righteousness when it comes to not allowing the enemy to delay and hold up the answers to your prayer because you're not walking in step with the enemy, you're walking away from the enemy. And then we talked about some of the other bits of the full armor of God. And then finally, we talked about um, the power of intentional self-humbling, such as fasting, and, and how that ultimately uh, captures God's attention, and it motivates God to send more reinforcements to bring about breakthrough in your life. So that is part one, and today we're continuing to talk about things that are, can be great, greatly powerful in, in seeing your situations shifting so that your prayer requests are unstuck and you actually receive the answer to your prayers. And I got to warn you, these last three are powerful, very powerful. And the first one is worship. Worship. Worship powerfully shifts the battle in your favor. When it comes to the battle against you receiving your prayers being answered, worship powerfully shifts the battle into your favor. Now just to, be just to be clear, I'm not talking about worship is a way of life kind of thing. I'm actually talking about singing worship songs. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying this is what I am talking about right now. Singing and declaring uh, the praises of God, God in heaven. This is what is going on in heaven. You look in, in uh, the book of Revelation and the book of Isaiah and other glimpses of heaven and you, you see that they never stop saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God the Almighty. The earth is full of His glory or the one who was and is and is to come. And, and you, you see the worship and you, you see all through the book of Revelation these glimpses of heaven and they sang a new song. And they sang a new song. And they sang a new song. Worship is the sound of heaven. It, it, it's where, when God decides what is his ideal environment to be in, he says it's full of worship. It's full of singing to me, about me, declaring what I've done and my praises and my greatness. It is my ideal situation, says God, as you see in the book of Revelation. And so, when you worship, when you sing out loud in, in, in worship to God, you are creating on earth an environment that is so much more like God's ideal. Now this isn't rocket science. God wants his ideal to be done on earth. 
as it is in heaven. When worship is happening on earth, that is very much reflecting God's ideal. He loves to be worshipped. He loves to be praised. He's the only one worthy of our worship and, and praise. And when that happens, two things take place when we worship. Number one, God's joy and delight and affection and attention instantly are drawn to you in your, your, your situation in a, in a full sense. My ideal is being done on earth. I, I love being worshipped. You have my attention in the best way possible. You, I, this is exactly what I love. And as you can see in how I designed heaven. Captures his attention and, and he got his attention fully. And secondly, the enemy's ideal situation for your life is completely flipped over. It's completely overturned. This is a nightmare for the enemy. When you worship, it's like the battlefield of your life and for your prayers and for your answered prayers is completely reset. And so the, the enemy loses a massive amount of his, normal, of his normal advantage. And if you're like, Brian, please draw this out for us. Done. I've done worse. Okay, so uh, the picture on the left is, um, maybe let's just call this the normal situation, and, I, and I'm not saying anything theologically about that. Let's just call it the normal situation. You have asked God to, for, for him to answer your prayers. He is answering your prayers. The enemy is delaying, blocking, you know, uh, Daniel chapter 10 kind of stuff. Delaying the answers to your prayer in however way possible. The picture on the right is, is worship. Now, I understand that there's a lot of theological inaccuracies about this. And we, we've talked about all the caveats. Please don't send hate mail. Um, if you do, it goes to David Crawford. But, uh, but otherwise, so this is, this is functionally in a way what happens. When, when, we, when we start to worship, um, our context becomes closer to heaven's context. And, and God's attention is drawn near because of his delight and the heaven-like context that you are in. And, and there's a, a coming together. Again, you are as close to Jesus as possible to be in one way, but, but we're going with this drawing here. This closeness that happens when you worship leaves less space for the enemy to get in between you and, your, and the prayers that you're praying. It, it leaves less space for him and this context is the most repulsive environment for the enemy. And often, they just can't handle it, and they flee, or they, they're silenced, or they're subdued. And, and they, just, they just can't. It, it, the enemy's like, wait, worship of God on earth as it is in heaven? I, that's repulsive to me. That's the enemy. I can't handle this. And so there's fleeing. Not every, not all fleeing, but like some fleeing. When you look through the Bible, you see the story of King Saul. He's being demonized. There's a demon tormenting him. David starts to play his worship music, and, the, and the, the demon is subdued. Does it go away? I don't know, but it, doesn't stop, it stops impacting Saul, and he, and he, is, and he is calmed. When, when Elisha the prophet needs to hear from God, not just someday, but now, he needs, he needs to get this answer now. The kings are asking him, what do we do? Are we going uh, uh, to uh, be dehydrated, I guess, out here in the middle of this desert? And, and so Elisha says, bring me a, a harpist. Bring me, I, I, there needs to be worship here in this environment that will speed up my ability to hear quickly what God is saying about this environment. We don't have time to wait any longer. Worship can speed up answers to prayer. Again, demons can be fleeing and be subdued um, in, in, that, in those environments. And this can happen even just generally. Like, like in your homes. 
in your homes. Play, having worship music just playing in your homes can completely shift the atmosphere of your relationships in your home and the environment of your heart. If you're feeling angry, it can be bringing soothing, like with King Saul. I'm not saying anything, but, but that can happen. Uh, if, if, you are, if, you're, if there's conflict in your home, there, there can be calm and, and, and peace. Uh, more God stuff happens. And less, and less anti-God stuff starts happening when there's worship music in your home, but you're creating this, this environment that's more like heaven. If for you, your, your home is not a peaceful place, if your home is, is, is a place where you're stressed out, or where you're unbearably tempted, or, or where you're angry all the time, or where you're overwhelmed and unable to cope, try, try and have consistent worship music playing. Just, and watch the atmosphere of your heart and your home shift. Now, worship is powerful just to have it, just to be in that presence. But even more powerfully is when you start worshiping. When you start worshiping, when you actively, not just singing worship songs, but when you worship. And when you, when you start praying these songs and, and you start singing these songs with your heart and your, your life being in full engagement in this and you're, you're adoring God, you're, you're exalting, you're saying, God, you are amazing. You are so, you, be lifted high, high and lifted up. And then you're just like singing these, these songs uh, uh, and, and when it's coming from your heart, it is super powerful. God loves it. You instantly have his, his full and special attention in a unique way. The enemy is freaking out because it is his worst case scenario for you. And the whole battle for your prayer request being answered starts shifting in your favor. When I'm in worship environments like this, I'm worshiping and I'm sneaking my prayer requests. Do that. Jesus, name above all names, please answer this prayer right now. Beautiful Savior, glorious love. I need your help right now. Bring it, you know, like sneaking them in. Bringing them up. Bring them, okay, anyways, that's just a tip. Anyways, if you want more breakthroughs in your life, though, in your prayer request, surround your life with, with worship. Let yourself burst out in your home with worship as much as you can. Show up in as many worship environments as you can. Praying in that context is way, way, way more powerful and effective. It's, it's, it's a game changer when it comes to breakthrough in your life. Worship, number one. Secondly, declaration praying catalyzes much more answered prayer. Much more. And declaration. What is declaration praying, Brian? Help me understand. It's drawing time. Yeah, drawing time. Declaration praying. So there is intercession praying and there is declaration praying. Most of the time we are doing intercession praying. And that is the picture on the left. God, will you please do something about my prayer request? God, will you please help? God, will you please intervene? God, will you please do something? Declaration praying is massively more common in the Bible. Declaration praying is when you get a sense this is what God wants to do, and many times it's not difficult to perceive. Is this moving something towards God's ideal? You get a sense of what God wants to do, and you declare it to be done in the, in the, name, in the name of Jesus. Um, many, most of Jesus' miracles are declarative, are declaration praying. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Most of the disciples' uh, miracle moments, get up and walk. 
declaration, declaration praying. Jesus teaches his disciples to pray like this. He says, if you say to this mountain, get up and be thrown into the sea, that is a declaration. This is not, God, would you please throw this mountain into the sea? If you say to this mountain, be thrown, that's how Jesus is teaching his disciples. Declaration praying, be thrown, and it will be done for you. If you say this to this mountain, then it will be done, to you, done for you. Most people only pray intercession prayers. God, would you please, and keep doing that. Keep praying intercession prayers. Like, that is fantastic. I'm a big fan. Do not misapply this message. Please keep doing that. But in the New Testament, when you see actual answered prayers happening, when you see the actual breakthrough moments happening, they're coming out of mostly, 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 if not all, but mostly, 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 they're coming straight out of declaring prayers. That's where you're seeing the breakthroughs happen, those miracle moments in their lives when things actually shift, when things actually change, when somebody is declaring on earth what God is saying yes to in heaven. Jesus' life was lived listening to understand what the Father wanted done and then declaring that and doing that and saying, what does the Father want done today? He wants this person healed. Be healed in the name of Jesus. The Father wants you healed. So I'm saying to you, be healed in the name of Jesus teaches his disciples the same sort of thing. Learning the power of declaration praying will probably unstick many of your stuck prayers. Right, that's a big statement. Yeah, that's, that's how powerful this is. Declaration praying is the, is the breakthrough praying that's often missing in most of our praying to God about our circumstances. Now, this kind of praying has to be done out loud. It's, it's not an in-your-head declaration praying. Uh, G, how did Jesus pray? The, Jesus prayed loudly, Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. Uh, 5, 7. You know, with loud cries. And you want to pray like Jesus with the results of Jesus? Then pray loudly. Pray out loud. But here when it comes to, to declaration, you, you are issuing a command with the authority of heaven behind you. My King Jesus wants this done, and so I say it is now to be done. My God wants this situation to not be evil, but to be restored. And so I just speak restoration over this, this situation in Jesus' name. My King Jesus wants freedom here, and so, Jesus, please bring freedom. I declare freedom in this situation in the name of Jesus. What's the theology behind this? Besides all the examples in the New Testament, the theology is Ephesians chapter 2. We are seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And we are ambassadors, Corinthians. We are ambassadors of Christ. As if Christ is making our appeal, his appeal through us, we are, we are ones who are receiving, uh, hearing what God wants to be done in a circumstance, and we are declaring the will of our king as his ambassador, as his representative, as his brother and sister in Christ with the authority of heaven because it's the decree of the king. We are, we are the messengers and the declarers. Of what, of what God wants done. And so when we do that, we, we declare it loudly and boldly as if it's from the king himself. Don't, don't do this like, uh, I just kind of think that I want the situation to shift in the name of Jesus. You know, it's like, it's, no, 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 that doesn't sound like somebody who, who, who understands that the king has issued a decree. This is to change and change now. And I'm going to speak it with the command, with all the authority. When a king gives a command, 
He gives a command. Moses, when he's raised in Pharaoh's court, he knows how to give commands. He's been raised, he's been raised in Pharaoh's household. We are children of, of the king of kings. And when we, when we give commands, as long as they're in line with the will of God, we make those commands with the authority of heaven behind us, and we see things shift. That's one of the powerful ways that Jesus models prayer, teaches his disciples to pray, and we see all through the book of Acts. Especially when it comes to actually things changing. There's examples of this in the Old Testament everywhere. If e Ezekiel 37. Prophesy to these dry bones. Command these dry bones to live. So I did. Says Ezekiel, and then, the, you know, sinews, whatever that is, and muscles and everything like that, kind of flesh. And he, he, he spoke, he commanded, and that's what took place on earth. He didn't say, God, would you make these dry bones live? He spoke. He knew what God wanted to do, and he, he spoke, and it happened. So what happens when you combine intercession praying and declaration praying? I got a picture. It's really bad for the enemy. And it's really great for you. Intercession is calling on God to help and answer your prayers. And, 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 then, and then you've got this uh, scenario here where, uh, where you are now also getting a sense this is what God wants to do. And so you are able to declare on earth what God is declaring from heaven. And the enemy is just like getting attacked from both sides. And, and is it resistance to stop, your, to bring blessings? He has got two... Uh, two fronts that he's got a battle and his position weakens. And so you see vastly more breakthroughs when you combine intercession and declaration. It's like it just completely shifts the battle and you're doubling the battle front. It's disastrous to, to the enemy. Again, what does this look like? Maybe somebody is sick. God, please heal them. I, I declare from the, from the king of kings, be healed in the name of Jesus. From the, th from the throne room, be healed in the name of Jesus. You're like, I don't know if I can be super confident about this. Well, I'm not saying tone it down, but if you need to at least to find some bit of faith, you, you could be like, be healed, you know, may God, heal this person in the name of Jesus. I declare healing over your life in the name of Jesus. Can you do that? I declare healing over your life from the King of Kings, from Jesus himself. And yeah. Uh, somebody's in an awful situation. God, intervene in that situation. I declare your situation is to shift in the name of the King of Kings towards better, towards good, towards freedom, towards health, towards life, towards joy, towards peace. I, I, I use declaration prayers like Jesus uses them. He uses them every time when they're dealing with the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Anything demonic, he uses, you know, you know d commands. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Be silent in the name of Jesus. Uh, be set free in the, in the name of Jesus. Uh, again, I've given you examples of this. Um, I, I just be like, uh, in the name of Jesus, from the King of Kings, I, I, I command, I declare that nothing demonic will limit or block or restrain or resist or hamper my, the answers of my prayer coming to me. If God is releasing them, then I know I'm within God's will in answering this prayer, that I command that nothing blocks or delays my answered prayer. No unclean spirit, no, no demonic anything is to block my answered prayer from coming all the way to me, from me receiving it fully and, and immediately in the name of Jesus. Declaration prayers, very, very powerful. But I need to give you a warning. 
They have the power for good, for extraordinary breakthrough. Do not use them for evil. I don't want to say much about this, but declarations such as, I will never forgive that person. That is the declaration of the will of the enemy. And that's evil. If you make a statement that is, that is a declaring, I decree the will of the enemy in this circumstance, it's, it's powerful, it's bad, and, it, and we need to stop that. You, we cannot say, I, dec- I decree, uh, I will never forgive. I will never forgive that person in the name of Jesus. If you do that, if you've done that, you need to cancel that decree and then immediately. Say, I, I cancel that decree, I repent of making that decree, and instead I decree the opposite. Because Christ has forgiven me, and because Christ has commanded me to forgive everyone who sinned against me, in obedience to the throne room of heaven, I command, I choose to forgive this person of this and every single thing in the name of Jesus. That is standing and walking in obedience and issuing a command in alignment with the King of Kings. I command forgive. I, 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 I declare forgiveness. I choose to forgive this person in the name of Jesus. If you declare the will of the enemy, not only does the enemy get that closeness to you where he can block a lot of those things, your, your answers to prayer, I mean, you're, you're just in, a, in an awful state to set yourself up for being tormented. Don't do that. Declare the will of God only. Don't declare the will of the demonic, the demons, the enemy. Okay, that was super dark and not super fun. But, but if declaration praying is new for you, I highly recommend it. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Add this to your prayer arsenal. And you're like, wow, why have we never, why don't we know much about this? Just, again, keep reading the New Testament and you will see how many times is a prayer answered when you're asking God to do something versus just speaking it. What does Jesus do? What do the disciples do? You're going to see it now everywhere. Bring this into your prayer practice. And again, most breakthroughs in the New Testament are happening from declaration praying. Okay, that's number two. Number three, agreement. Agreement. Agreement multiplies the power of everything we do as we battle for answered prayer. Jesus says in in Matthew 18, 19, if two of you on earth agree about anything, it will be done for you. If you pray, you, if you pray, it's powerful. But if a group of people gather together and pray in agreement over the same thing, it's extraordinarily powerful. If you fast, it's powerful. If a group of people gather together to fast and pray, it is extraordinarily powerful. It's multiplied in its effect. If you're home and you're worshiping God in your home, it's powerful. But when you gather together with God's people to worship together in agreement and unity, it's extraordinarily powerful. And that's when things start shifting. God's presence shows up in these, in these moments in unique ways. You feel it. You feel fruits and attributes of God's presence in touching your life, whether it's hope or whether it's life or whether it's love or whether it's joy or whether it's peace or whether it's, 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 it's counsel or, or guidance or, or help or answered prayer or maybe healing or miracles or whatever the case may be. It's in these environments that that many, many, most, many, most, many, most things shift. 
One of the most devastating things for us spiritually this past year has been the, the inability to gather together and sing together. Stifling. The stifling of our worship together for a long time, also banning the ability to get together and pray together for, for a season in this last year and a half. You can see how that just set up the context perfectly for the enemy to, to be able to block our prayers. But today, things are shifting. They've shifted. Today, change is happening. And as of today, bring it. Worship can happen in, in, again and things are about to get unstuck because of what I'm talking about today. The environments are shifting. Things are about to get unstuck. Now I encourage you, prioritize being in this room to worship here with all of your heart together with these people. Um, and again, s some of you can't because of distance and, and, and do your best and I bless you and all that. God sees you. He will meet you where you are. He will meet you in your environment. And even as you're worshiping in agreement with us from afar, there is agreement there via the interweb. But there's nothing like being in the room and, and pursuing your prayers being answered here. Sneaking those prayer requests while you're worshiping. Hallelujah. Help me now. Hallelujah. Intervene. Be in the place where God's attention is being focused and bring your prayers. As I said in the beginning, I, we, all of us want God to help you. We want God to answer your prayers. We want God's breakthrough to be there in your life. We want, we want God to answer your prayers immediately with no more delays. We don't want the enemy to block any of your prayers from being reaching you immediately anymore. We want breakthrough now. And so I'm asking you a question. Based on this study, maybe these last eight weeks or, or even just today, wherever, whatever you can remember, what is an area that you need to grow in? What, what is an area that we've talked about that you need to start applying and practicing when it comes to prayer? For some of you, it might be to hear more and discern what God might be saying to you and how he might be guiding you and leading to you. If you need to grow in hearing God's voice and understanding what his will for your life might be, um, I've got a few book recommendations that I've read recently. Uh, you've got uh, Hearing God's Voice Today by James Goal, Practical Help for Listening to Him and Recognizing His Voice. What I like about James Goal is he does, he does, he uses the Bible better than, than a lot of people who write on prayer. And so I really appreciate that about James Gold. Uh, there's a book, Jane Hammond, called Discernment, The Essential Guide for Hear to Hearing the Voice of God. I expected to not like that book, but I loved it after chapter two. A and I kept being like, oh, this next chapter is going to be awful. No, it was good. And then, oh, this is probably going to go downhill now. No, and it didn't. So I really appreciated uh, that book, which I read with a bad attitude, but got a lot out of it. Again, James Gold, Discerner, I've recommended that several times. You've probably all read it by now, but also I uh, like that book. That's if you feel like I need to l learn a little bit more to, to understand what God's maybe saying to me and leading to me. For those who are interested in growing in declaration praying and reading a bit more about that, I have two book recommendations that I don't really recommend, but I kind of recommend. So book number one is Declarations for Breakthrough, Agreeing with the Voice of God, Jane Hammond. Chapter two is worth the price of the book. The rest of it, eh. There, there's a lot of like, uh, eh, eh, mm, eh. Yeah, that's a good point. 
There's a lot of that through the book. Chapter 2, worth it. Chapter 2, wonderful. I, I recommend that book, chapter 2, all the way. The rest of it, you can endure it and you'll get stuff out of it. Tim Sheets, planting the heavens, releasing the authority of the kingdom through your words, prayers, and declarations. Um, it's okay. I have yet to read a really fantastic book on this topic. Most of that book has been kind of less than wow. Uh, eh, eh, eh. Chapter 5 was okay. Chapter 6 is okay. Mostly. Uh, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it's a hard topic to, to get good book recommendations out of, but I, it's such an important learning environment. Chapter 2 of Jane's book, go for it. And you can filter, right? You can filter. Uh, so that's my book recommendations <laughs> for, uh, for growing in this. But ultimately, I know we need to grow. And sometimes there's imperfect resources, but, but we, we're like, no, I, I need to learn more about this declaration praying and, and uh, you know, keep reading the New Testament, keep looking at what's happening there. And I don't know, it's the best I can kind of give this for now. Well, that uh, is kind of the end of our, our prayer study. And again, we've talked a lot of things, about a lot of things, and I, and I know that there's things that maybe you understand better now than, than you did before. Maybe you've learned some new things. Maybe there are some things that you have been reminded of that you, you knew, but maybe you weren't doing that much of. My aim for this whole series is to help you step into a new era of your life. A new era of prayer. A new era where, where you are receiving God's answers to your prayers. But, but the thing is, you, you actually got to do this stuff and apply it. If you don't make any changes, you won't see any changes when it comes to answered prayer in your life. So I, I just encourage you to try this. The challenge for today is this. Start Praying loud declaration prayers connected to your unanswered prayers. Don't give up on the intercession prayers. God, would you please but partner those with declaration prayers. And just and see, see what shifts, see what breakthroughs throughs happen there. Start praying loud declaration prayers connected to your unanswered prayers in the name of Jesus. Let me pray for us all. God, I, I, I thank you that your word is so clear that it ought to be our expectation that we would be receiving everything we ask within your will in the name of Jesus. And God, we, we, look, we, we look to you to, to, to prove that true in all of our lives, to implement that truth in, in our lives. And God, I declare over my life and everyone's life here answered prayer. In the name of Jesus, according to the will of heaven, written down several times throughout the New Testament, the will of God that our prayers would be answered as long as they're in alignment with the will of God, I declare in the, with the will of heaven and in the authority of the King of Kings, answered prayer now, immediately, with no more delays. That there would be no more demonic delays over any of our prayer requests. But that breakthrough would happen and happen now. That breakthrough would happen in my prayer request and with everyone's prayer request in this room. That the testimony of this church would be an avalanche of answered prayers begins now. May an avalanche of answered prayers for all of us break, break out now in the name of Jesus. If you need to give your life to Jesus... If you need to commit your life to following Jesus, or maybe you need to re 
dedicate your life to following Jesus. Maybe you've just wandered and you're like, okay, I need a new beginning. I just need a new start. I, I suggest praying something like this today. God, here I am. Forgive me. I have not been following you, but I need a new beginning. I need a new start. Forgive me now. Fill me with the joy of salvation. Put a renewed spirit with me. Put in the Holy Spirit within me. Revive the spirit within me. God, I just, I praise you for your grace. Jesus, I believe in you. And Jesus, I commit my life to following you no matter how things go from here on out. I will follow you with all my life. My life now belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen.